0: From the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this
1: is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Six twelve on this Friday morning. Super amazing show coming to Milwaukee tonight. I told you guys, I don't go to a lot of concerts. I actually wish I went to more. I just, like, don't. <laughs> I don't know why. But whenever these guys are in town, I see them if possible.
2: The there wants to rock. Who out there
1: wants to bag rock? Those are two very important questions. Who out there wants to rock? And who out there wants to bag rock? (music) Ah, That's bag rock. It it definitely is. Red Hot Chili Pipers. Let's go. Coming to town tonight. Maybe you've seen them at Irish Fest where they are a staple. They tour all over the U.S., but, you know, as they say on the ticket site, the best musicians from Scotland and across the globe, many holding world championship titles in their various disciplines. When I hear rock bagpipes,
3: right. I can visualize the fight at the pub. Po- like I can picture it in my head, <laughs> the fish and chips going flying, the bar stool being knocked over. It just kind of gets you in the the mode.
1: The best thing is and these guys are amazing musicians across the board, but when they play like contemporary songs that you know, but with bagpipes. There's electric guitar mixed in, there's percussion, depending on the size of the show. Like I've seen them when they've had horns, Bring that into. But obviously the bagpipes are the feature. Now the best seats in the house are only fifty bucks. As little as thirty will get you in the door at the Marcus Performing Arts Center. Amazing show. I plan to attend barring the unforeseen. Red Hot Chili Pipers in Milwaukee tonight. 6.14 on Wisconsin's Morning News.
4: Time for an update from the Gruber
0: Law Office's one call, that's all sports desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Baseball is officially back as the Milwaukee Brewers open their season down in Chicago on Thursday against those Cubs. And with the game scoreless, that's well, that's when things started to fall apart for starting pitcher Corbin Burns there in the third inning.
4: Burn stretches in the 0 1. Swinging a ground ball, right field, base hit. Scoring is Master Boney. First to third goes Horner, and that throw cut off. Then Adamas throws back in behind the runner at first, Swanson, and threw it away. Taking off for the plate is Horner, and he scores on Willie's error. It ends up being a two run play for the Chicago Cubs. RBI single, Dansby Swanson, and Adamas getting aggressive tried essentially a back pick, and he threw it wide, so it's 2-0 Cubs. A frustrating
0: four-run third inning was all the Cubs needed as the Brewers, oh, they just forget to pack their bats. Once again, only getting four hits throughout the game, and they fall to the Cubs for their first loss of the season, 4-0. Speaking after the game, manager Craig Council... He kind of expected the offense to struggle a bit going into this game. Look, it was a day where, where
4: offense was going to be difficult, um, as as you can get as you get many days here early in the season. Yeah, they, they I mean they got you know the walks kind of early hurt us a little bit, and then they they put the ball in play in the right spot, and you know we we didn't you know we didn't make a – you know we gave them maybe one run basically, but um, you know and then we didn't
0: do much offensively. Didn't do much offensively indeed. Burns did go five innings. He only allowed that four-run third inning, but he only struck out three batters, which was a a low for him. The Brewers have a scheduled off day today. They're back at it Saturday. First pitch is set for 120. Brandon Woodruff is slated to get the start. Over to the NBA where the Bucs, just a rough night in Milwaukee. They had themselves a night they'll want to forget as well as the Boston Celtics. Trounce the Bucs for a final score of 140 to 99. The game started out eh, sort of close. Boston quickly pulled away towards the end of the first quarter and they never looked back. Jason Tatum scored 40 points and Jalen Brown added 30 in the the loss. The lead now drops the Bucks from the top spot from three games to two games. They only have five remaining. Their magic number remains at four. And head coach Mike Boonhoser, he knows it's a game of runs. The Bucks just couldn't get one on Thursday night. No, I, I mean, I think we were three for 22 at halftime, and, um, you know, it's like it's like always. I'm sure that there were, um, you know, a handful or a couple that were, were difficult, and then there's a handful or, or more that, you know, you feel like you can make, and games can flip and change, and um, runs can happen, and we weren't able to make a run back, so... You know we gotta look at it. Uh you know, there's some that you know I remember that that are good, and there's some that I remember, you know, we we didn't get good enough looks. Uh so it's a little bit of both, but and and you gotta make some tough ones too. So the Bucks can get some rest here as their ne- next game is until Sunday for another primetime showdown as Joel Embiid and the 76ers come to down. Tip off is set for that game for seven PM.
1: One of the most front uh, one of the most important front office promotions for the Milwaukee Brewers this offseason wasn't just that of the general manager. That story is next on Wisconsin's Morning News. 622 on Wisconsin's Morning News. When the Brewers, you know, they make a big off-season move, we're usually talking about this player or that player who was acquired or signed to great fanfare. They celebrate on the field, in a pile. But this past offseason, one of the biggest front office moves in Major League history occurred when Marty Ronsky was promoted to chief operating officer for the organization. She is the only woman in Major League Baseball to hold that title, and she is with us live on Wisconsin's Morning News. Hi, Marty.
2: Good morning, Vince. How
1: are you? It's great to talk to you. Uh, let, me, let me start there, if you don't mind, because if you Google your name, virtually every headline begins with only woman in MLB as COO, only woman this, first woman that. You know, this being the last day of Women's History Month, you are living women's history. So I, I'll say when, I, you know, when we were out at the ballpark last fall and I had my daughters with me and ran into you and they got a chance to meet you, I definitely had a dad moment. I pointed out to them that <laughs> you have this prominent role with the Brewers, you know, high expectations for them. You can do anything. That conversation. How much of that matters to you?
2: You know, first of all, thank you very much. I, I, um, it was wonderful to meet your girls. And, and it, it's really looking at, um, you know, kids and, uh, you know, the other young women who are in, in the industry um, or, frankly, in any industry. Um, it, means, it means a lot. And I will tell you throughout the last couple of months that I've been fortunate enough to be in this role, I think it's meant more and more. Um, so much of anything we do is putting your nose down and, and moving forward and, you know, just working hard and, and doing your best. And when you've got kiddos like yours and other people reaching out saying thank you, um, thanks for, you know, putting your nose down and working, um, it, it makes it mean more and more. And I, I take that piece very seriously, um, and it's, it's really been, it's been rewarding um, and fun.
1: We're talking with Marty Ronsky. She's the chief operating officer for your Milwaukee Brewers. So I know you're a lawyer by trade. So what is it that the COO does for, for a major league ball club? What do you do?
2: Ah, yeah, great question, right? Um, no, indeed. I, I came up um, through the ranks as our um, general counsel um, and a, by training a lawyer. Um, and, and now I think as we move into, um, you know, sort of I think a new world for all of us in some ways, new ways business operates, Um the, the significance, the ongoing um, increasing significance of culture in the workplace and, you know, working more efficiently and better. Um, so much of my role is just working with our executives and our, our amazing staff and Rick and our ownership group to, to take a look at our organization and making sure that we're continuing to, you know, work at those highest levels, evolve with, um, you know, the industry and evolve to make sure that we're giving our fans um, you know, and our people internally um, you know, the best we can and that we're doing things um, as effectively and innovatively as possible. So it's really even, I would say, a, you know, I joke, my, my title was general counsel, Chief Operating Officer, um, you know, the, these very general titles, because that, that's really the goal, to look at the organization as a whole to impact things um, generally and across the board. And I'm really, it, it's been really a ton of fun, a lot of learning. Um, I will tell you that. And it seems impossible after I've been around for, you know, ages. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, right, you know, hey, let's, let's call it what it is. Uh, I'll let you um, tell it. it. All right, all right. So I've been around for 20 years and um, no secret there. Um but certainly, you know, the law let me take a peek on, into all sorts of areas of the business and I, I just I hope to, you know, continue to evolve um with the organization. Um and you know, continue to strive for that excellence that the brewers are known for um and that we're very proud of.
1: Well, so not to diminish all the amazing things that you have accomplished, but one of the more important jobs you've probably ever held with the brewers, you have been Hank the ballpark pups keeper since he came home here to Milwaukee. And and Hank is doing well, yes.
2: Yes, and you know when you said earlier that if you Google me, what you'll see is you know the first. I thought for sure you were going to see it, say that it's Hank, I'm Hank's mom. Um, <laughs> That's out there too. Yes, months ago, Vince. That was what came up. <laughs> um, no, um, it, it is. It's fantastic. You know, Hank is um, doing great. He's literally sleeping at my feet right now. Um, you know, he's. We've had him nine years now, Vince. Um, so he's not you know a young pup um, figuratively or literally, um, but he continues to be. Um, you know so impactful in so many interesting ways um so hank is great alive and well can't wait for the season um which is the case for all of us will we see him um, at the ballpark this year marty you know we'll see we'll see you know as we get older sometimes you know as as a pup he's a little more stressed out but he still does a lot of you know he, he likes to show up for the humane society and do their big walk and he likes to show up for some things that um, Cecilia Gore and her team host. So maybe, maybe Vince, We'll see if we can get the days right and see how he's feeling.
1: I certainly hope so. Marty Ronsky, Chief Operating Officer for your Milwaukee Brewers. Congrats on all your success, Marty. Hope to see you at the ballpark again soon.
2: Thanks so much, Vince. Bullseye!
1: Wisconsin's Morning News for a Friday morning. So it's opening day across Major League Baseball. And from time to time, you see the ballpark proposal. Maybe it's a will you marry me up on the scoreboard or guy dropping to one knee in the stands. Sometimes they say yes. Sometimes sometimes it ends otherwise. This one didn't end well, Mike. Did not. So this is,
3: this is at uh, Dodger Stadium. I'm going to set the scene a little bit. Yeah, Okay. Guy's out on the field, jumps over the outfield fence. Wait, wait, stop.
1: <laughs> stop. Guy jumps over
3: the outfield fence. Yeah. Wearing khakis, white new balance, mm, Dodgers jersey. Sure, I know Dodger's that guy. hat. Yep. Yeah, I know that, that guy. guy. Uh-huh. Jumps so he's over the, the fence. wall. And he's, now over he's the on wall. the field. Right now he is kneeling in center field. <laughs> <laughs> He's no longer kneeling. <laughs> <laughs> my, my man got taken out. This
1: guy gets taken out. So, dude hops the wall, kneel, takes takes a knee in center field, actually is, appears he had the ring,
3: right? Oh, he was on a knee, box open. Yeah. Guy yells, get up. <laughs> he does not get up. And he gets leveled. I love a good tackle on a field. Yes. The fan. And this was this was prime. This this security guard might be getting a call from the Los Angeles Rams. It was a
1: form tackle. Form it was tackle hard. took him down hard. Hips were low. What was her response?
3: Uh it caught is out that, after that. Is uh, that
1: noted anywhere? Shocked, horrified probably. She said no. <laughs> Cause ladies, that's that's how you want to get proposed to. Your man violating local ordinances. I mean at least he had his clothes on. Yeah, clothes on. Uh, again, Mookie Betts we can confirm it
3: was a Mookie Betts
1: Doctor jersey. Like somebody's gonna track that cat down today and do that interview. Well he's probably right? your
3: local hospital.
1: Getting treated <laughs> for a separated shoulder. Happy opening day, six forty-three on Wisconsin's Morning News.
0: Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Brewers opened their season down in Chicago on Thursday and got held scoreless as the Cubs used a four-run third inning, and that was all they needed to defeat Milwaukee for a final score of 4-0. Corbin Burns did get the start. Going five innings and allowing four earned runs. All of those coming in the third. The Brewers do have a scheduled off day today and are back at it Saturday at 120. Brandon Woodruff is slated to get the start. Over to the NBA behind 40 points from Jason Tatum. The Boston Celtics come into Milwaukee and trounce the Bucs by a final score of 140-99. Giannis did lead the Bucks in scoring with 24. Next up for Milwaukee is another primetime showdown Sunday night as Joel Embiid and the 76ers come to town. It's time for extra points. A sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's morning news. Here's Brendan Snide. The Milwaukee Bucks are currently 55-22 and and sit atop the Eastern Conference for the top seed by two games over the Boston Celtics. For the most part, life as a Bucks fan this season has been pretty great. But the question I have for all of you and for myself, quite frankly, what's the pressure level on this team to win their second title in three seasons? And take last night's game out of this. I know they lost. This has been something I've, I've thought of over the past few months. Regardless of what happens this season, the Bucks do have some serious roster questions going forward. Brooke Lopez who has had a career year, he's due for a deal. He's probably looking to get a decent payday. And one of the big three in Chris Middleton is also looking for a big payday as well. Either one of them remain in town going forward. Look, Drew Holiday is going to be 33 years old this summer. And before you know it, the pressure mounts with each playoff series for a multitude of reasons. A few of those I just named off. If the Bucks don't have a parade this summer, what does... The following season look like Giannis is obviously not going anywhere, but a team that we have grown accustomed to watching over the past few seasons could and very well look different going into next year. Here's the bottom line. The Bucks, in my opinion, have a ton of pressure on them this very season to win a championship, whether we like it or not. And that's not just because I want to buy more hats and t-shirts and decorate my basement. It's because this roster, like I mentioned before, could look very different after this summer. There may not be a Cash Money Middleton next year who's going to be 32 years old. There might not be a Splash Mountain who's in his 34th uh, year, 15th year in the NBA. And both Joe Ingles and Jay Crowder have expiring deals. Now, those aren't superstars, but they're important pieces for this roster. And look, I'll end it with this. The bottom line as long as Giannis is in Milwaukee, the Bucks will always, always have a shot, right? They'll always have a chance. But if they don't win it this year, their chances may never be greater.
1: At 652 on Wisconsin's Morning News, New York police this morning ordering all officers to report for duty in uniform this morning preparing for potential protests in the wake of the indictment of former President Donald Trump and looking ahead to early next week when the former president is expected to report for arraignment.
4: I think the day that we're most concerned about is the day that uh, Donald Trump surrenders.
1: Former FBI agent and ABC News contributor, contributor Robert Boyce there. ABC News correspondent Aaron Katursky is with us live from New York this morning. Aaron, uh, really appreciate your time. I know very busy morning. So let me start with the legal case not everyone listening is following every fit and start of this legal process. So so if you would lay out the case against former President Trump, this in connection with the hush money paid to the porn star Stormy Daniels.
4: So hush money in and of itself, of course, is not illegal. But what is potentially illegal and what the, the grand jury has, has decided, apparently, and we don't fully know because the, the charges remain sealed, is that it's the way the former president accounted for it, uh, causing a, a business record to be falsified? When, according to Michael Cohen, who wrote the check, Trump uh, booked the payment, one hundred thirty thousand dollars to porn actress Stormy Daniels as a legal expense, uh, and and Cohen has said that in truth this amounted to a a, a an illegal campaign donation because it was really meant to protect his election chances from the tawdry details that stormy daniels could tell uh, about her alleged affair
1: we're talking with abc news correspondent aaron katursky in new york this morning so next legal question i have for you aaron in this process getting an indictment is one thing getting the grand jury to to vote in favor of indictment is one but there will be a different legal threshold that a jury will need to reach in order to get a conviction
4: No question uh, that that, they, that the prosecutors have to prove their case beyond reasonable doubt to uh, to a jury of former President Trump's peers, such that they are, uh, and and the, the, the jury uh, is going to be, uh, I think, thrown a, a lot at by the uh, by the defense. They're already promising a vigorous defense of these charges. They're calling it a political prosecution, and I think you can expect them to argue that this hush payment was not made to protect the campaign, but to protect Trump's wife from these you know, salacious allegations. Uh, they, they also will say that this was money Trump paid himself, uh, that, that it didn't uh, come out of any campaign. Uh, not that that necessarily matters uh, the way campaign finance law works, but I think they're going to take pains to show that uh, of all the things you could charge a former president with, falsifying business records doesn't amount to much. Now, that's a political argument, not a legal argument. But I think they're going to try everything. Uh, the the a jury here in Manhattan has already convicted former President Trump's company of tax fraud. So I think the DA's office was emboldened by that. The notion that you can get a conviction, a Trump-related conviction, uh, but you know this is hardly an open and shut case.
1: You've talked about a lot of things there, uh, Aaron, as we look at this case and it's. A- political impact on all of us as Americans. I wonder where this ultimately leaves us, because you have even conservatives who've kind of soured on the former president are decrying this action as politically motivated, as you, as you characterized there, by an overzealous and partisan district attorney. And the reality is convicted or exonerated by a jury, it may not ultimately change anyone's mind in this country.
4: I doubt that it will. Uh, you know, former President Trump has a group of stalwart supporters uh, who, who uh, are willing to, act on his behalf to support him at all, at all costs, and I don't think that changes with him being indicted. Uh, but look, the, 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 this is more than political, right? The, and, and we're going to see this unfold early next week. He's now a criminal defendant uh, and, and will have to potentially be on trial in the height of the 2024 campaign. It is uh, just an unprecedented thing in history.
1: And as for what we see next week, uh, talking with Aaron Katursky of ABC News in New York, uh, I mentioned off the top here that uh, police are on alert. They're concerned about protests, and there's nothing wrong with protesting, but they're concerned about what that could turn into. What's just the feel there in, in New York City, Aaron, about how things may develop in the coming days?
4: I think they're concerned because of Trump's own words. He's predicted death and destruction if he were to be indicted. Now he's been indicted, and I think as you heard, um, retired NYPD Chief Bob Boyce there a moment ago on the soundbite you played. Um, that there is a concern about what might materialize here next week when when Trump is due to uh, to appear in court for arraignment. So the, the the Secret Service, the NYPD, they're 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 helping to arrange Trump's surrender. And you can bet there will be a lot of security. There already is.
1: Really appreciate your reporting, Aaron. Um, much uh, thank you so much for joining us here on Wisconsin's Morning News. Thank you. Aaron Katursky, ABC News correspondent, live with us from New York this morning.